great year. And uh, Beverly and I just want to express our gratitude to you for your faithfulness. We're looking to the new year. In fact, we're excited about, uh, you know, it's good to look back. Amen. How many of you, there's some things about the past that you can embrace, right? How many of you embrace when you gave your life to Christ? Amen. Then there's also some things in the past that Paul said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind. I'm not going to let the past hinder me uh, from my future. Amen. And so we learn from the past. We grow from the past. We build on the past. How many of you uh, uh, have learned from some mistakes in life? Amen. Well, then what did you do? You failed forward, right? You, you, you failed, but you failed forward. You learned something and, you, and you, you got up and you started again and you said, hey, I learned from that. Don't stick your finger in the light socket. I got it now. I don't ever have to worry about doing that again. Uh, and so you learn some things and you move forward. And so we embrace the past. And as Beverly said, we thank God for all he has done in us. And I, I appreciate so much uh, this past year and how we've stood strong and we've stayed faithful to God. And now as we look to 2015, we're looking forward uh, to uh, the blessing of God. In fact, we've termed 2015, we've designated 2015 a year of evangelism and harvest. Everyone say evangelism and harvest. And this morning, I want to share a message with you that hopefully will empower you, equip you, energize you, enable you uh, to move forward. I've entitled it, A Happy New Year Doesn't Just Happen. How many of you have said already many, many times, Happy New Year to someone? And we say it. Just because you say it doesn't mean it's going to happen, right? Just because we hope it. I hope, how many of you hope you're going to have a happy new year? I, hey, I hope I have a happy new year. And man, I hope Jim has, I hope Jim has a better year this coming year than he did last year. Man, he went through the fire of affliction. Uh, and so I hope that be the case with you. Uh, but how many of you know uh, that alone will not move you? It, it does not guarantee you a happy new year. So with that in mind, let's pray together. Uh, and let's ask God to just open our hearts to hear what he has to say to us, uh, some things that he, we can learn today that will empower us, enable us to move forward into, new year, into the new year with great optimism and faith. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord. And we thank you for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. And Lord, we do look to the future and we pray for the future that you would, in, uh, in, we would embrace your will for our life and, and over this church this year. And we would see you do great things in our midst. We're excited about the opportunity to be a part of your plan. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Turn to two passages. Psalms 90, verse 12. And then you can turn to John chapter 5, verse 4. Psalms 90, verse 12. And then John chapter 5, verse 4. And while you're turning there, I'll just throw this scripture up. It's kind of our launching pad for this morning. Let's read it out loud together. <coughs> and as we read, I want you to just say, Lord, teach me. Amen. Here we go, everyone together. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Say it again. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart for wisdom. As we look to 2015... This is a great verse to embrace and realize that a happy new year doesn't just happen. The scripture teaches us that we should look to our future and we should number. That word number basically means to weigh out, to plan ahead, 
to look towards with, with, with forethought and insight. And when we do, when we number our days, when we strategically plan out our future according to the will and the wisdom of God, what happens? We gain a heart for wisdom. Now, how many of you know God's a God of wisdom? And let me just say to you, in 2015, God wants to give you more wisdom than you've ever had before. He wants you to be smarter and wiser and more in tune with His purpose and plan than ever before. Everyone say, Lord, give us wisdom. This morning, I believe I'm going to give you some things that will help you, not just personally, not even just spiritually, but corporately and, and, and financially. I'm going to give you some biblical insights about numbering your days, to look to the future, to where you're not just sitting around going, well, I hope I have a happy new year. I hope everything works out. I, I hope I'll, it comes, you know, you know, maybe, you know, uh, everything will be all right. And so I want you to realize that, Hey, it doesn't just happen. And that passage of Scripture, Psalm 92, it says, teach us. How many of you know we need to be teachable today to let God share some things with us? Lay your hand on your heart. Say, Lord, let my heart be open to what you have to say today. Come on, everybody, say it out loud. You don't have to bow your head. You just lay a hand on your heart. Say, Lord, let my heart be open to what you have to say to me today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Now, let me ask you, I think I have already, but let me ask you, how many of you have hopes and dreams for the coming year? Amen. I hope you do. I hope something in you says, man, this year I want this to be different. This year I want that to be better. Well, let me just affirm to you, as we look to these insights in just a moment, that a happy new year doesn't just happen. Think about harvest. You know, we talked about where, uh, the few, you know, our year is the year of evangelism and harvest. How many of you know harvest just doesn't happen? The farmer doesn't just go out to his fields and say, man, I hope you guys produce a great harvest this year. And you know, even at that, every once in a while, something from last year will sprout up and a few little, and you go, well, but how many of you know <coughs> we can't look to the new year and just go, Man, I hope it works out. There's some things we need to do to prepare our lives, prepare the soil of our heart to be able to accomplish His kingdom purposes in our lives. And so, uh, hey, I think about the pool of Bethesda. I, turn, I told you to turn to John chapter 5, verse 4. You could look it up later. But it's a story of Jesus healing a man. But it's at the pool of Bethesda. Beverly and I have been there. The pool of Bethesda, it's a strange story. And here's the story. Here's what Bethesda was all about. Thank you, Ryan, so much. Bethesda was a place where every once in a while, an angel would trouble the waters in the pool. And the first person in the pool would get a healing. Now, that's just what it says. Okay. So it's an interesting place. And so as a result, all around the pool were people who were crippled, lame, blind, people who were desperate for a miracle in their life. And when the angel would trouble the waters, the first one in the pool would be touched and healed. Now, that sounds random. It sounds like God is just kind of creating a, a, a place where where without choice, 
or without even insight or, or ways and means, certain people got a touch from God. But that's not true. If we can learn anything from the pool of Bethesda, we learn this. The healing came to the person who was, was the most prepared and ready and, and on their toes, if you will, to when the waters were stirred, they were first in line and boom, there they got. So even with the pool of Bethesda, which seems so random, it's not random at all. It teaches us that, hey, if we want to have a happy new year, we can't just be sitting downtown playing dominoes with the gang and expect God to do something dynamic in our life. Now, how many of you know there's nothing wrong with playing dominoes with the gang? But what I'm telling you is, if you want to have a happy new year, if you want to be at a place where God uses you and touches you and impacts your life and helps you impact other people's lives, there's some things you might want to incorporate in your life in order to be able to see that accomplished in your life. Amen? And as the people around the pool of Bethesda be positioned in a place where the miraculous power of God can be made manifest in and through your life on a regular basis. Amen. And so with that in mind, how many of you want to step on into the pool this morning? You want to step on in. I want to step on into the pool. I want to begin to take steps. I want to begin to position myself in a place where God can do something great in and through my life in 2015. So I'm going to teach you some biblical principles and insights for a HNY. What's an HNY? Thank you. Now, does anybody know why I abbreviated that right there? There was no room to type it all out. So, everybody say, we're, ha- we're going to have a happy HNY. HNY, no, we're just going to have a HNY, not a happy, happy. Well, I might have a happy, happy, happy New Year. Amen. How many want to have a happy, happy, happy New Year? Amen. So I'm going to give you some insight, and I want you, uh, I'm going to give you six things that will help you today, six, six real insights to positioning you in a place where you can step into the pool, if you will, and be able to uh, experience God's best for your life. The first one is this, you've got to learn to visualize. You've got to get a vision of what you believe God wants to do in and through your life. You've got to begin to see through the eyes of God. And began to hear through the ears of God for what he has for your life. Because God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for you in 2015. You've got to begin to see it. Now, how many of you know vision is an important part of progress? If you can't see anything, it's hard to progress spiritually. Let me just say this, and I, we could, you know, this could be a six or seven part series. I'm going to give it all to you in the next few moments. But let me just tell you something about vision. Uh, in order to gain vision, you got to find yourself in a perspective. If you need spiritual vision, you need to get on a spiritual mountaintop somewhere. You need to climb some spiritual mountains and find a place where you can get alone with God and begin to see what He wants you to see. You can't have vision down in a pit, down in a hole, digging uh, down in a basement, digging holes. You got to get in the presence of God. You got to climb some mountains. I'm telling you, when you look at scripture, the mountain talks about the place of God, Zion up on a hill. Listen, we, the Bible says we're to be a city set on a what? Hill. That means we've got perspective. That means people can see us and we can see them. That we've got vision for our life. Listen, God has a vision for your life in 2015. You gotta find yourself in a place where, where, where you can begin to see through the eyes of God. See, some of you today, I may never get done today. Some of you today, all you can see is what 
you see. Because in 2014, the devil hit you, slapped you, knocked you down, threw you around, abused you, and used you, and you're down in a hole. You're down in a basement digging holes, and you have no perspective about your life. Why do people do the unthinkable and commit suicide? Because they have no vision from God for their life. They've lost hope. And listen, the Bible says the, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he said, I've come, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I'm telling you what you and I need to do. In fact, January, we need to realize, <coughs> January, we're beginning to pray and fast. I want to encourage you to use January Really, even leading up to January. In fact, Wednesday night, we're going to be here uh, on New Year's Eve. We're not going to stay till midnight. I'll be probably two hours into my slumber by the time 2015 hits. That's just me. But we'll be here praying, worshiping God. And I've told our leadership team, be ready with a prophetic anointing on your life. To be able to pray over people where they can begin to see the way God wants them to see. Listen, if you've got a party planned for Wednesday night, hey, just show up about 8.30. That'll be fine. There's a lot more time. But you come here on Wednesday night and let's begin to pray. Let's begin to cl- let's, let's get on the mountaintop with God and begin to see what he has for us today. How many of you think that's a good thing to do? And then Habakkuk 2. You know what Habakkuk 2 says? I think it's verse 2. He said, write the vision and make it plain that he may run who reads it. Everybody say, write it down. If you don't write it down, you're going to lose it. Listen, you got to begin to see it. you got to visualize God's will and plan for your life. And let me just say, God is not planning on you having a bad year. You may go through some bad things, but how many of you know, through it all, you see God doing something dynamic in and through your life. Hey, God said, the Bible says, He works all things together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Those who catch the vision of God. For their lives. Everyone say visualize. It's so hugely important. And then write it down. Begin to get, get it, make it clear. You write it in a way that you can run with it. Amen. Hallelujah. Number two, another principle, biblical principle of progress to help ensure that you're going to have a HNY is not only visualize, but internalize. Everyone say internalize. In other words, you've got to make it your own. You've got to, man, you begin, you've got to begin to say, this is what God said for me. This is, I'm going to take this personally. I'm going to begin to internalize what God uh, is speaking to me. And, and what did Psalm 90 verse 12 say? That you may gain a heart for wisdom. That's what he said. Internalize it. He said, order your days, prepare your days, uh, uh, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart for wisdom, that we may internalize what God says and just say, hey, this is not only what the preacher said, but this is what God is saying to me. My prayer is that everybody at Church on the Rock North would begin to internalize this vision and this and this directive from God that 2015 is a year of evangelism and harvest and begin to internalize it. And every morning when you wake up, something on the inside of you says, whoo, I've got a vision for harvest. Whoo, I've got a vision for evangelism. Whoo, man, something's burning and breathing on the inside inside of me. I'm internalized. It's my, this belongs to me. Amen. Whew. And I know how it is. Preacher gets up and says, this is a year of evangelism. Yeah, that's what you say. Mine's a year of whatever. Hey, if you don't want it, you don't take it. 
But if something on the inside of you says, man, I sense I, I, something quickening in me about this, just began to internalize it. I love what David said in Psalm 27. He said, when you said, catch this. David said, he's talking to God. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I will seek. In other words, when he got a word from God, he reached out and said with his heart, that belongs to me. That's mine. I'm going to internalize it. I'm going to make it my own. And I pray today that you would understand that. And you know, when you get a vision, a vision without ownership is not really a vision at all. It's just a good idea. When you begin to see what God wants you to do and you begin to take ownership, it'll begin to live on the inside of you. It will not die. It will live. And it will begin to produce a heart of wisdom on the inside of you. Everybody say visualize. Everybody say internalize. Then number three, everybody say energize. Ooh, man, I love that part. Some, everybody kind of just go, whoo, thank you, Jesus. Come on, y'all didn't really do it. You got to jerk and go, whoo, thank you, Jesus. Some of you need me to pray for you this morning. Oh, preacher, you're busy. Come on, everybody go, whoo, thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm telling you, when the Holy Ghost gets on you, you don't look bored. In fact, I'm looking around. Some of you need the Holy Ghost on you because you look bored this morning. No, I'm joking. Hey, the vision of God for your life requires energy for its continued life in, in you. So when you get a vision from God and begin to internalize it, you've got to energize the vision. You've got to give fuel to the focus. And, and you've got to fuel this vision in your heart. Uh, you've got to empower the plan of God. You've got to ignite the ideas that God is giving you with some energy. Let me just give you some thoughts real quick on how you can do that. There's 101 ways, but let me just kind of show you what I'm talking about. We energize the vision of God for our life with our thoughts. How we think. How did the devil undermine the plan of God for Adam and Eve and ultimately for the whole world? He planted wrong thoughts in their head. How many of you know your thoughts are hugely important? And how you think about your life? If you think you're a no good, if you think you're of no value, if you think you're, you know, you're toe jam or whatever you think about you, if you, th guess what? It deflates any potential vision or purpose that God has in your life. But it, hey, and when God gives a vision, He wants to energize it, but it requires your cooperation. And if we're undermining God's purpose and plan with the way we think about things, we'll never arrive at the destiny. We will stay frustrated all the time. And then we get mean. You, you know what? First thing you get frustrated. And after a while, you start getting mean. Some of you are already getting in the mean stage. Listen, you got to change the way you think about who you are and about what God has for you in your life and begin to think the way God would have you to think. In fact, Scripture, Philippians 4, 8, he gave a big list of great things to think about. And then he told us, uh, Paul, the, the, the Holy Spirit spoke to us through Paul, Philippians 4, 8. He said, think on these things. Listen, your thoughts either deflate and, and, and undermine the purpose of God or they fuel the fire of God in your life for your future. Amen? It's the way you think. And let me tell you, some, some of you are frustrated about your life. It begins with how you think.
Well, it's just I was born that way. Well, be born again. Hallelujah. Amen. Because when I got born again, I began to change. The, God changed the way I began to think about things. Well, it's just my family. Well, you got a new family called Church on the Rock North or the family of faith. Hey, change the way you think. Sometimes, well, it's just the way I am. Well, then the way you are is not good. You need to change the way you are. And if you're going to change the way you are, you got to change the way you think about who you are. My Bible tells me, God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I'll take that. Somebody say, I'll take that. We energize the vision of God through our thoughts. Conversely, we pour water on the flame of God's plan with our thoughts. Another way you can energize the vision of God is with your words. It's kind of a progress. You start thinking right, it'll come out of your mouth. You began to with your words. There's a passage, there's a lot of passages in Scripture, but uh, Job says, hey, it says this. He, he says, declare a thing and it shall be established. How many of you know there's power in our words? How did God create the, the, the whole world? He spoke it into existence, and guess what? He lives on the inside of us, and I'm telling you, with our words, listen, some of us, ooh, be careful, little tongue, what you say. We need to think before we speak. We've talked about that before. Some people don't think before they speak. Some people think while they speak. Some people think after they speak. Then some people just don't think. They just speak. And, and, you, and, and it's, it's a, it's a, I start to say, it's just a guess what comes out. I made it a little better. Our words, our thoughts energize the vision of God for our life. And then our prayers, well, the way we pray and seek God and begin to energize the vision of God. In January, we're going to begin to pray over lost people. In fact, Jim's going to put a cross up over here. We've got a cross. And people begin to bring the names of those who they're praying for, that they know need to be born again or get right with God. And we're going to put their names on the cross. And we're going to fill this cross with people, uh, names. And we're going to begin to pray for them. We're going to energize the... How many of you know it's the will of God for everybody to be saved? And so how do we energize that? With our thoughts, with our words, with our prayers. And we're going to begin to pray 21 days of prayer and fasting for lost people. Uh, and we're going to begin to pray. We're going to give you a, visual, a visualization of people being born again here in Calvary through the cross. You put their names up there and we're going to pray for them. We energize the vision with our prayers. Number four, we energize the vision of God with our family of faith. We get around people. We get in an atmosphere of faith. Listen, remember Mary, uh, uh, when she got the word of the Lord that God was going to uh, 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 supernaturally uh, uh, cause her to be impregnated with the seed of the Holy Spirit and she was going to give birth to the Son of God. The first thing she did for that vision to become to realization, to come to realization, she ran into an atmosphere of faith. That is her her, I would call it maybe her, her uh, aunt, maybe Aunt Elizabeth, maybe Cousin Elizabeth. I don't have my genealogy all together there. But they, they, for three months, she stayed in an atmosphere of faith. Could I say to you, 
I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here this morning. You can tell somebody else. Listen, if you want God to do something great in your life in 2050, you want to have a happy new year, I would suggest highly to you. I would almost command thee if I could. If I could beseech thee or pull up some other King James word to make faithful attendance and involvement and interaction with the family of faith top priority in your life. Because that atmosphere will water the vision of God in your life. Amen. And energize it. Anybody else believe that with me this morning? Say, amen, Pastor Sam. Amen. I believe that with my whole heart. Amen. Wednesday night's a good place to start. Get in an atmosphere of faith. We're going to stir up faith for your future. We're going to pray for you and speak a prophetic word over you. Good place to start. Amen. Number four, insights for HNY is not only visualize and internalize and energize, but prioritize. Determine the proper order of things, the important things. How many of you know there's priorities that we all have in life? Now, let me throw this out to you. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not trying to condemn you, but how many of you know prayer is a big priority if you're going to follow God? But how many of you know that's a hard thing to prioritize sometimes in our life? We all know there's priorities. And here's what I'm telling you. You and I have to look at our life and say, what are the priorities of our life? Take an assessment. What's really important to you? You know, just think about it. You could come up with it pretty quick. This is what I could look. In fact, if you want me to help you, I'll look in your checkbook. No, you don't want to look in my checkbook. Come on. Now, I'm just being honest because I have priorities too. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not pointing fingers at priorities saying that's a good one, that's a bad one. We've just got to determine the important ones. Now, listen, if you want to have a happy new year, how many of you here, you raised your hand earlier, how many of you have hopes and dreams of a happy new year? Where are you? Okay, you got to look at your life and look at the priorities of your life. And if your priorities of your life are out of whack with the vision of God for your life, you got to begin to understand, hey, I've got to get things in order. I've got to prioritize my world. Amen? Now, I have a vision from God to lose 25 pounds. But if you look on the kitchen counter in my house, you can tell one thing is true. My priorities are certainly out of whack with the vision I have for my life. My stocking, the stockings were hung by the chimney with care. And my loving family crammed them full of sweets and sugar. Thin mints will not make you thin. Chico sticks will not make you like a stick. So the priorities, you got to prioritize. What's really important? Somebody's choking on that back there. He says, stay away from the Chico sticks, preacher. You got to prioritize our world. Listen. Determine the order of important things. Did you know Jesus prioritized his world? When he came to planet earth, there were priorities. 
In fact, you see his prayer life. He would get up, rise a great while before day, and he'd pray. For it, while everybody else is at home washing their, their feet and going, whoo, he walked us to death today. He's still out praying somewhere. It was a priority of his life. He, prior, he knew the important things for him to fulfill his purpose. In fact, I love there's a passage of Scripture. Let me find it here. Mark 1.38, he prioritized evangelism. There's a passage there. It just says this. Jesus said to them, let us go to the next towns. In other words, and it says basically that because there was a purpose for him to go there. In other words, he realized, I can't just sit here and enjoy church. I've got a priority. I've got to share with, let us go to the next towns. There was priorities in his life. He prioritized his world that put him in a place of being able to accomplish and fulfill God's purpose for his life while he was on planet earth. Now, here's, here's the secret. Get the priorities and then place them in the right order. Everybody knows the priorities like it's a big bucket of ants. So, yeah, I know I need to be doing this and that. Hey, get the priorities and start rearranging them in proper order in your life. If you want to have a happy new year. If you want to fulfill God's purpose for your life. If you want to see the vision of God come to place in your life. Think about, again, the farmer. He looks out at the field. There's priorities, right? I mean, maybe it's been, you know, a harvest has come and gone, and now he goes back to the field, and it's, oh, priorities. Okay, what's the first thing I want to do? I want to start reaping the harvest. No, that, no. The harvest does not just come without putting your priorities in order. Well, the first thing I need to do is maybe plow up the fallow ground and start preparing the soil. And prioritize our world so we can be able to accomplish his kingdom purpose in our life. I think of, <clears throat> I love Luke 5, where Jesus got in Peter's boat. You remember the story? They'd fished all night, and how much did they catch? Jesus gets in the boat, he teaches a while, then he says, let us launch out our nets for a catch. And they said, well, we fished all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, hey, I love that. This is, hey, this is where a little bit of faith clicked in. They must have been listening because faith comes by hearing the word. They'd been hearing him teach. He, they said, nevertheless, at your word. And they stepped out, got in the boat, launched out, let down their nets for a catch. And they got a net sink, nets, net breaking, boat sinking load. Their greatest day is fishermen. And Jesus gets them to the shore and he says this. If you just follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And you know what they did? They changed all the priorities of their life. On their best day fishing, they made some adjustments of the priorities. And it says they left their nets and began to follow him. They reordered their world. There's some things in all of our life that need to be reordered. There's some things in all of us that need to be reprioritized. Are you with me? Insights for having a happy new year, positioning yourself in a place where the supernatural power of God can come to you and move through you. You've got to visualize, you've got to internalize, you've got to energize, and you've got to prioritize your life. And number five, you've got to strategize. Strategizing is the development of a plan of what? Come on, say it, a plan of what? 
action. You gotta, hey, you gotta take the priorities and you gotta begin to strategize and develop a plan of how this is gonna be accomplished in our life. Listen, prayer is huge, but sometimes you get out of the prayer closet and start putting some feet to your faith and start doing some things that would move you to a place. Hey, I can declare evangelism and harvest the, the, the 2015, the year of evangelism and harvest all day long, but unless we put some strategy and some plans and that's what we've done and that's you met uh, uh, our evangelist Scott Camp a few weeks ago he'll be back March 15th friend day but listen but on January 1 you're going to begin to hear strategy about getting lost people to this sanctuary on March 15th and when they get here they're going to hear the gospel and they're going to be born again and then that night they're going to be baptized over in that baptistry and we're believing God for for a whole lot of people to be born again. But it won't happen if preacher Sam just says, Woo, this is the year of evangelism and harvest. We gotta strategize. We gotta put some plan. We gotta put some feet to our faith. Amen. God's strategic on every hand. He's not haphazard. Did you know his plan to get men back in right relationship with God was strategic from day one? You, hey, you read the Bible from the beginning to the end. You know what it is? God's strategic plan to get man and God back into right relationship with one another. God's a God of strategy. And he'll give us his strategy. How many of you got some people that are hard cases? Anybody got any hard cases when it comes to Christianity? The real hard cases? Oh, you better, stick, you better stay away from him. He'll curse. Well, that's the kind of people Jesus hung around. One strategy is hang around lost people. <laughs> you got to be around them, right? And Jesus would hang around them. And, and Jesus had a plan. And we've got we've to be strategic. And even those hard cases, God will give us strategy. Beverly and I are trying to get some strategy for our neighbors around us. I got some interesting neighbors. Don't we have some interesting neighbors? In fact, Beverly and I were Snoopy neighbors. We look out the window and go, what in the world? But we're going to try to get out of our house and get across the street. I got, I got a strategy for my neighbor, my, ne- my next door neighbor. He looked at me the other day. We were talking. He said, you got firewood in your backyard. I said, I sure do. He has two fireplaces. I have one. Well, you don't burn firewood, do you? I said, oh, yes, I do. He was coveting my firewood. I said, I said do you want some? He said, well, if you're not going to use it. So my first strategy is I'm going to load up. Hey, uh, in fact, I may do it Monday. I'm going to load up some firewood, take it over and stack it up there and start loving on my neighbor. Amen. Second thing he wants me to do is cut down my big, beautiful tree in my front yard. I got to get way beyond that one. I don't know how that's going to work out. Hey, strategy. Jesus is a was strategic in how he touched people's life and pardon me, how he dealt with the church. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. That's strategy. The development of a plan of action. How are we going to do this? How are we going to get in touch with old knothead Ed or ornery Uncle Henry? What's our strategy going to be to open the door of their heart? Hey, God will give you a way to do it. 
John Maxwell says this, those who fail to plan, plan to what? It's really true. If you don't plan, if you don't put a plan in play to accomplish God's purpose, if you don't put a plan in play with how you're going to touch the world around you, you will not touch the world around you. It will not accidentally happen. People will not accidentally be born again just because people think, hey, we just, every once in a while somebody stumbles through the door and gets saved. We think we've had a move of God. People look, oh, and let me just say, a move of God is a move of God. But when you look at a move of God, most of the time, somebody behind the scenes has been sowing some serious seed towards a move of God. Somebody's been paying the price and preparing the soil. It's strategy. Friend day, we'll give you all kinds of strategy on how to begin to touch those around you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then number six. You got to organize. Whoo! Let's be honest. Come on now, it's church. Can't lie. And 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 I think organization is is a, a gift that some people have. Some people are OCD. If I'm not asking you to confess your OCD, but but if you are extremely organized, lift your hand. They have a pill for that. I'm joking. I love organization, but I'm not really organized. Laura, how organized are you? Not at all. Beverly, how organized are you? Oh, uh, huh? Not a whole lot. Beverly. I'm going to go home and take a picture of your roll-top desk and put it on Facebook. All right. She is bad. <laughs> She's not organized. I'm kind of organized. In fact, I got a shelf for the garage the other day, and I organized. felt so good. I got, whoo, I got those giddy feelings. Look at Beverly. Look at how organized that looks. One little shelf, but I'm getting there. Listen, you can have all kinds of vision. You can know what's the right priorities in your life. You can develop strategies to accomplish them. You can speak it, say it, and energize it. But if you are disorganized with how you approach life, you will not arrive. <coughs> Pardon me. And when it comes to God's purposes for your life, you cannot be haphazard. you got to be organized. Why do you think Jesus got up a great while before day? He was getting his world organized. Getting set in the purposes of God for his life. Getting organized. Most people look at their big pot and they go, OMG, I'm going for the bluebell. I'm just, I'm checking out. There's just too much in the pot. Pour the pot out and start, and start throwing away what's no good. Listen, come on. There's a lot of things going on in your world that is of no value to God or man. Could I get a better amen? And start, I'm not going to tell you what we call it in our house. I'll whisper it to you later. When we get rid of that unnecessary stuff, that stuff that is of no value, that is stinky, and just, hey, this is just cluttering up the neighborhood. Listen, every shelf needs to be reorganized from time to time. Every closet, Beverly, needs to be reorganized from time to time. Every garage, every workplace needs to be reorganized from time to time. Every vision, every heart, every church, every organization needs some reorganization in their life in order to accomplish the purposes of God. Because on our journey, we pick up a lot of unnecessary weight that confuses us and undermines us and keeps us 
from God's best for our life. And if you get organized, in fact, one of my family members is a little more organized than us. That's Stacy. She's just got a knack for it. In fact, she sent a picture. She was so excited. I think she put it on Facebook. I'm not sure. No, she didn't. She was organizing her art and craft stuff for the kids. Boop, picture. Look at there. I'm getting organized. That's awesome. Most of us got all the best intentions in the world. Could I tell you, the bleached bones of the well intentions litter the highway towards the purpose of God. Sometimes it's not sin. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just, I'm just so unorganized that I don't know which way to go. I'm so confused by the clutter of life that I never arrive at the destiny of God for my life. When we started re, remodeling upstairs after a hurricane, we had a big dumpster outside. I loved it. Beverly hated it. Because I'd say, what are we going to do with this? Where are we going to put it? What are we going to do with this? Oh, well, we might. No, we not might. If it ain't now in the dumpster, no. I felt so good. I've never awakened one day in my life since that day and said, man, I wish I hadn't thrown that out. I could have used that somewhere someday. Listen, some of you are hoarders. Maybe I ought to preach on that one day. Breaking the spirit of hoard. A spiritual hoarder. I don't know where I'd get a scripture for that, but I, I could whip one up if I had to. Listen, we've got to organize our world. So God can begin to use us. Listen, financially, you've got to get organized. Have you got big dreams financially? Man, I want this. I want. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I, Beverly and I, we've got some, I've got a lot of dreams that I'm trying to begin to become more organized and strategic with financially. Because I'll understand something. Uh, I don't have a 401k. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a, I try to figure out how when I get to, too old for you to even care to talk, talk to me or listen to me where somebody got to wipe my lip, you know, to keep, that's already close right there. With Nathan this weekend, and, and every time we'd go out to eat, Dad, Dad, you got, you got. The next step is just wipe it, son. I, I can't see. You just wipe it. When I, before I get to that place, there's some goals and dreams that I have. And they're not just going to happen. If I organize what I have now, I might be able to, to be able to be where I want to be when that happens. Are you with me? But if I just, if, if I, it's just a cluttered mess, how can God use a cluttered mess? We organize our world. We start chunking things. We start putting them in a pile. Vitally necessary. Not so vitally necessary. Let me throw this out. I got plenty of time here. I, somehow I got way ahead of schedule. Let me just throw this out to you. Some of you are spending time with people who are dragging you down instead of pressing you forward. Now, let me just say, we pray for those people. But don't let, you know, hey, if you want to soar with the eagles, what do you not do? Hang around the turkeys. You get around some of those folks you work with, all they do is, 
And you go home and you go, that person, he just, all they do is gobble, they're just turkeys. And then about a month later, you come home and you're going, it's called dumbing down to your environment. It's got real quiet in here. I think that's been happening. So, Chris is a car salesman, right? You got to really be careful there, brother. I just got to tell you that right now. There's some people get a bad rap. Am I right, Chris? <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you'd like to buy a car, hey, I'm going to give it, I'll pick on it a little bit. Hey, Chris will sell you a good car at an honest price, right? Raise your right hand and say, honest price. <laughs> he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. See, when I see I got time, I'll just get crazy. Happy New Year's don't just happen. They, you can't just hope it into existence. You can't just talk it into existence. I've met some charismaniacs. They think they just talk it into existence. That's a part of it. But it, you, it's not just what you say. It's what you do. And in this room this morning, there's people here. I can guarantee you. If the truth were known, you're sitting here a little frustrated because your dreams for this past year just seem to get stuck in the mud. And you just wonder why. I dreamed a big dream. I prayed some. Listen, let me go back through them for you. If you miss this, you better get them down. I may have to write a book about this one. I may have to fit, make sure it works before I write the book, I guess, but I think this works. you got to visualize. Get a vision. Thank you. Number two, you got to internalize it. you got to make it your own. Number three, you got to energize the vision with thoughts and words and prayers and an atmosphere of faith. And then you got to begin to make priorities and, 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 and realize what's the most important things that I need to incorporate in my life in order for the vision to begin to be realized in my life. And then I've got to develop strategy, how to implement these important things to get me to a place where I believe God's got me to be in a, and to be used the way God wants me to be used. And, and then I need to just continue in prayer and get some strategy from God, a plan of action, and begin to implement the plan and, and then organize my world at a place where God can use me. And if you do those things, I got a feeling you'll begin to realize some things. You'll realize the vision of God in your life. It'll begin to be made manifest in your midst. Listen. Listen. God wants to show himself mighty in your midst. You need to understand this. Sometimes there's a span of time between amen and there it is. In fact, if you went back, I should have gone to Habakkuk and read all this to you. In fact, let me do that. Let me show you this about the vision of God for your life. If I can find Habakkuk. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Habakkuk. Here it is. What? I'm nearly there. I'm doing this ill-prepared. Chapter 2. 
I will stand my watch, set myself on the rampart. In other words, I'm positioning myself at a place to hear God. You see it? I will watch to see what He will say to me. And what I will answer when I am corrected. There would be a good one. Uh, except I couldn't figure out a word to make correcticize. That didn't work in my outline. So, But hey, there's some things that need correcting in our life. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Catch it. Make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Everyone say, it will surely come. I'm convinced about some things and I'm convinced about these biblical insights about having a happy new year that if you'll begin to incorporate some of the, hey, put some of this into practice in your business and see what God might go to do for you and help you. Some of you have businesses and you can't figure out why there's red all over the place. You start looking and realize, why is there red all over the spreadsheet? Because there's more going out than there's coming in. So we've got to organize our world and figure out how to keep the, the more money going out than coming in and make some serious organizational strategic changes in our world. Changes? Some things have to change. Possibly. And if you'll begin to appropriate these things, the vision, which is yet for appointed time, though it tarries, you'll be able to go, there it is. There it is. I'm going to close with a natural illustration. Here's the natural illustration. Years ago, Beverly and I, when we got the call of God to come to Beaumont, Texas, we had built a little vision on Lake Fork. Our little dream home for our family. Oh, in fact, Laura Beth gave me a t-shirt for Christmas. It says, I heart Lake Fork. I said, every time I go, I'm going to wear this t-shirt. And then every time I want to go, I'm going to wear the t-shirt. And then when I can't go, I'm going to wear the t-shirt. I love Lake Fork. We built our little place. And then came the call to go to Beaumont. Beaumont means beautiful mountain. I don't know where the mountains are. Somebody lying. We said yes, and I sat out on the dock the week before we left. And my limited vision, all I could see in my little world was I got to leave this and give this up to go there. I, I, in my world, I couldn't see. I just, I had such limited vision. All I could see was giving up Lake Fork and my little house that my kids had memories in. That's all I could see. And I began to pray and I started giving it all to the Lord. And I came to the place where I could 
willingly say, I give this to you, Lord. This does not belong to me. I give it to you. It's not mine. I can't let this hold me back. Man, I started feeling good about getting where I was. And I heard the Holy Spirit say this to me so clear. I mean, I can tell you I knew it was God. I heard this in my spirit so clear. He said, you can keep it if you want. What? I can keep it if I want. I want. And I got a bigger vision for my financial world. And I'm not where I want to be, but hey, today, that little piece of property not only is available to us so most of the time, it is Beverly and I's second source of income. That has become a money maker for old Pastor Sam. And however many long years ago it's been when I stood on that dock, God saw then what I'm beginning to see now. Though it tarried, wait for it. I'm beginning to go, there it is. He had my best interest in mind all along. God has a plan for our life. It's not to sit soaking sour, not to stumble around in confusion and obscurity, but to do something dynamic for God in 2015. I want you to go with me. As a church family, let's do this together. Let's share this message with as many friends as we can. And when I gets it up online, you share it with your friends and family. Let's get our friends and family plugged into the vision of God for their life. Let's look to the new year and just don't rock, paper, scissors. Let's begin to dream big and then begin to put feet to our faith. Amen. Let's stand together. I'm excited about the future. I want to pray for you today. I'm going to pray that this word would set up residence in your heart. That you'd spend the rest of this year and the first part of January, and really the month of January, really catching the vision of God for your life. Positioning yourself in a place. What did Habakkuk say? I'm going to set myself up on a rampart. I'm going to begin to see what he's saying. I'm not just going to, I'm not, catch that. He, he didn't say I'm going to begin to hear what, he, what he, he's saying. I'm going to begin to see it. I'm going to get a vision for what he's saying to me. I'm going to hang on to it. Lord Jesus, we come to you today. We thank you for the past. We thank you for what you've done in our life. Come on, somebody needs... Hey, some of you this last year, though, may have been hard. He's been good to you, and we need to thank him for that. Lord, you've been good to us. You've helped us. Lord, you helped Beverly and me. We're so thankful. We're so grateful to you, Lord. You helped us through financial issues, Lord God. You've helped this church through financial issues, Lord. You've helped us through, through physical issues, Lord. You're helping us, Lord. We appreciate that so much. And Lord, whatever it is in 2014 that would try to drag us down, 
Some of you need to shake some things off right now. Some of you know when I was talking to you, this is out of whack in my world. And I've got to reorder my world. I've got to reorganize. I've got to reprioritize. I've got to get some things right. There's some things in our life that need to be shaken off. Set aside. Put in the pile of refuse. Flushed, if you will. Never to be seen again. Lord Jesus, do that in all of our lives. We thank you for it. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're about done. If you're here today, you can say, Pastor Sam, I've never made Jesus a priority in my life. I've never allowed him to be the Lord and the leader of my life. And today I want to I make that big adjustment in my life. If that's you, uh, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, lift your hand wherever you are. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray with you. Anyone here? You say, my life needs to be completely reprioritized. I need to put him as the Lord and the leader of my life. Anyone, God bless you. I see those hands. We're going to all pray a prayer together. Let's do it right now. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for me on a cross. That you paid for me with your own blood. You gave your life up for mine. So I could have new life. I thank you that you rose again. I believe you, Lord Jesus. I invite you into my heart to be the Lord and the leader of my life. I'm reprioritizing my world and I'm putting you as top priority. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. And I feel better today. How about you? Amen. Before we leave today, I just want to make this offer to you. If you're searching for a church home, we'd love for you to make this your church home. be a great Sunday to get started in the new year. You believe God is adding you to our church and you get the divine okie-dokie. You know, that's just the whole something. Oh, yes, I feel right about this. If you feel like you're home at the close of this service, you can come take me or Beverly by the hand. Jim's here. Glenn and Linda, they all raise your hand. We're just kind of hanging around up here. You just say, oh, you, really, all you got to do is do this. I do that just for fun. See if you know how. Hey, you got it. Just do this. Just say, I got the divine oak. I believe I'm home. You're my pastor. This is, my, this is where I want to plug in. This is where I want to get involved. This is where I want to grow spiritually. This is where I want to realize the vision of God for my life. This is where I want to get the family of faith moving in my life and begin to move forward. Uh, you come and do that. And let me just say this as we go. If you're here today and you've been hit and miss this last year, hey, just learn from your mistakes and plug in, reprioritize your world. Make 2015 a year of faithfulness to God, faithfulness in every area of your life, faithful to be a faithful witness, faithful with your finances, faithful with your family. Be faithful to God. Don't be unfaithful in 2015. Be a faithful son and daughter of God. Amen. Father, we thank you for all you've done in our life. We press forward into the future of God in faith. And everybody said, amen. God bless you today. Have a, hey, see you Wednesday night. Have a great week and have a happy new year.